0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire podcast powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host,
1: Ryan O'Leary
0: and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri.
2: I was a third string quarterback tonight. I was just a third string. That's my label. But at the end of the day, that's not who I am. I'm, I'm just Nick Foles. I just go out there and I play. I, I lean on my teammates. There's going to be trials and adversity in life. You have to figure out how to find joy in them. And once again, I'm grateful for my teammates for being there for me.
1: Welcome to the show, and and I've, personally, I've been excited for this one, Alyssa, because after months of us coming on here following a Bears loss, it was eight of the past nine weeks, we actually get to cover a Bears win, and we get to do some Nick Foles talk. And this is the content that I'm here for, honestly. Nick Foles talk. I'm all for it.
3: Oh, my gosh, we, we this is like a moment that's been a year in the making for us, because I, I believe the last time we really talked about Nick Foles, it was uh, like, a I think we there was like a negative Nick Foles episode. So it's kind of nice to come full circle now and just to kind of be like, OK, let's let's talk about what Foles did well. Right. Because, I mean, honestly, heading into this game when I was like and I saw Nick Foles was going to be the starter, I'm like, OK, this is either going to be really good or really bad. And it was enjoyable. I mean, because, I mean, Nick Foles, you know, he had that, you know, that energy going. So, I mean, uh, I was excited. I mean, it was different. I mean, it's hard to get excited about the Bears, but I was more excited for seeing whether this is going to blow up in everyone's faces or if, it, if we get a win out of it.
1: It definitely put a little bit of pep in my step for the week going into this ballgame, more so than last week when we left off. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you exactly why. But first of all, let us be the first to wish You, the listener, a healthy and happy new year. Just a quick shout out that you can find us wherever you get your podcast. Just search for the Bears Wire and uh, hit subscribe for us. We appreciate you. Like you said, it's been a full calendar year since Foles last took a snap in a a game, Alyssa. He's been holding the clipboard all season, kind of watching this dumpster fire. That is the Bears offense play out, right? And that all includes, and I know I keep going back to the well on this, and I can't help myself. I've been doing I've been doing this rant for months and months, right? But it's like, that includes the team going out, signing a washed-up Andy Dalton for $10 guaranteed guarantee to start over him. And then they go out and they get Justin Fields via trade in the draft, which is like, he's literally been the forgotten man all season. It's all been Andy and Justin. Andy and Justin, right? Nobody talks about Nick Foles. He's just sitting there wearing the big puffy coat with the clipboard all year long. And then he starts this game, Alyssa... And he doesn't only lead a late gotta-have-it scoring drive in Seattle in the snow to win the game. But the team gave him the football for the game-winning two-point conversion, right? They leave the ball in Nick Foles' hands to win the game. This guy that they forgot about all year long, they say, you know what, Nick? You win the game for us. I don't know. If you can't enjoy that as a fan, like I've really enjoyed the roller coaster that's you know that been Justin Fields all year. It's been great. That story's been awesome. But if you can't enjoy this story for Nick Foles, I don't know. I don't know how you can't right it's just so it was too almost too good to be true
3: i mean this is a five and ten football team so you have to find things to enjoy true. and when your friend your future franchise quarterback is not playing in the game you have to try very hard to find things to enjoy so when you kind of look at nick Foles and you know everything that he's been through you know he was brought in to be the starter he couldn't beat out trubisky and then he got his chance and then he lost his job again then he was demoted to third string because not only did they sign Andy dalton but then they actually. Able to draft Justin Fields, and then he's like, "What the heck?" And then all the drama in training camp with the rumors flying—you know, with the Bears trade him? And I remember that press conference he had, and like he was just like, "Oof!" That he was fired up. He was over. Over. I, it. Like, over I it. need. Yep. I want this Nick Foles on the field, and like I think we we kind of got that. Like heading into this game, I was like, you know, this Nick Foles is someone who I think he probably hates Matt Nagy just as much as fans do at this point. Because uh, you know he was brought in. Essentially, he was you know Nagy's guy, and you know Nagy's kind of forgotten about him at this point. But you know it, it was it was fun, as as much fun, as fun as a game between two bad teams that are you know sitting at you know you know five and ten and and four uh, yeah both we'll things at five and ten now respectively. So I mean, you know, with Foles, it was I mean he's someone that knows the offense, and he's a veteran. He's easily the obviously the best third string quarterback in the league. He shouldn't be a third string quarterback. And I think that he helped his cause in some way, whether that's, you know, the bears, you know, keeping him on, which seems like the most likely option at this point to be fields backup next year, because he's, he's one of, he, even as a backup quarterback, he'd be one of your better options in the league at this point. So, or maybe he helped his cause with, you know, teams around the league. Like if this is the one game they can look back on, And then you have to kind of remember, hey, this is Matt Nagy he was playing with. And, you know, kind of remember people apologizing to Mitchell Trubisky because it wasn't just him. You know, Nagy was part of it. So maybe that helps Foles and maybe a team wants to trade for him, you know, this offseason. So, I mean, I think he definitely helped himself. It was it was good. You can't help. Like you said, Ryan, you have to feel good for him because, you know, they put the ball in his hand there when it mattered. Two great throws at the end of the game to bring them to within one and then win it. Great catch by Demir Burt, too. Holy moly. I still have no idea how he got his feet down. Yeah, at and there team, was so. there was
1: guys draped all over him. It was awesome. awesome All over
3: him. That was amazing. So, I mean, how do you not feel good for Nick Foles? I mean, Seriously. I feel good. I know, like, I was so excited after that game. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Ryan, let's talk about Nick Foles.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you knew I was ready for it. And look, n- none of this is to say that Nick Foles is good. I mean, we did, no. we did a year <laughs> of Nick Foles-Mitch Trubisky talk last year. If you want to go back into the vault and listen to, to those episodes... Please do. You know, you know. May, I don't know. Uh, they They're entertaining. Painful. Yeah, they are entertaining. Some <laughs> of them are. Uh, so, you know, it's not to say that Nick Foles is good, but I have said throughout the year, Alyssa, that he's the best third string quarterback in the league. He is. It, he's, yeah. he's just not a third stringer. He's a backup. And I don't know, watching the game, did he look, did it look better, different, or the same than with Foles compared to Dalton? Right? Because if you want to tell me that Dalton is yeah. marginally better than Foles, I'll give you marginally better. But did it look all that different? Right? I think it looked the same. Honestly, I, I don't think it looked any different with Foles in there than Dalton. Would you agree with that?
3: I'd agree. I'd even say, I mean, talking game, you know, plan point, you know, at that, I would say even the same as Fields, it's the same offense. Ever, It doesn't matter. All three quarterbacks <laughs> have also gotten a win this year uh, as a starter, but it's like the same offense that they're running, except for Nick Foles. He's a veteran. He has experience with this kind of offense. He can go in there, you know, and make checks the line. And you know, I was hoping that he would just start call, you know, start calling his own plays at one point. because, <laughs> <laughs> like he can do that. Like I was hoping for that. I was hoping for a little, you know, Foles versus Nagy clash. But I mean, when you look at Dalton and Foles, I mean, at this point, I think, I think that they would they're they're pretty similar, right? You would have gotten the same product or virtually the same product on the field whether it was Dalton who was backing up Fields or Foles backing up Fields. I know we didn't know at the time that the Bears had Fields, but. You know, then you have to also kind of look at decision that Matt Nagy made, which is <laughs> like, so you know, first it was Foles as his guy, and then it was Dalton as his guy. So, I mean, it's it's been the same offense. I mean, obviously, you could have saved uh, ten million dollars, right, if he would kind of stuck with Foles. But the thing that's so ingrained in our minds, kind of like with Trubisky, is just how bad that Foles was last year. And you know, some of that was on him clearly because he can't throw a deep ball to save his life anymore. Um, but you have to look at the offensive line, which really struggled in pass protection, obviously against the Seahawks. It was it was brutal at times, uh, and Foles had to you know he compensated for that. You know he was able to make, at one point he started running. I was like, oh oh, there goes <laughs> there goes Bambi again. Yeah, it is, pan- <laughs> like, it is painful, oh.
1: and he could still take a sack with the best of them. Nick Foles can right.
3: Absolutely. I mean he's been on this team for for a couple of years, so he knows exactly how to take a
1: sack. He could take a sack. He could take a sack. And I know you can't really, like, rub the crystal ball last year and know that the Bears are going to end up with Justin Fields in the draft. So, you know, I, I you can't kill the team too much for going out and getting Dalton, but it's just like if it was Fields and in, in Foles, it would, wouldn't have been so easy to just make Fields the starter from day one, give them all the first team reps through camp, make Foles be the backup, and you'd be fine. You're just fine with Justin Fields as your number one. And Nick Foles is your number two. And I know you can't rub the crystal ball, but going back in time, looking at it, it's like this year's regime looks kind of dumb for signing Andy Dalton and kind of mismanaging this quarterback room because it has been a complete mess. With the Dalton fields and now the Fo- like Foles here coming in at the end of the day, it's just like what a mess! What a mess!
3: Kind of looking back at the offseason, I mean, it was it was a tumultuous one for sure. It was it was very exciting and then very depressing at times because when you think about the plan, it kind of seemed like they were so you know gung ho on landing Russell Wilson, which oh my gosh, in hindsight, that would have been a freaking mess for this team, giving us three draft picks and you know Russell Wilson pretty much coming into similar conditions are uh, in Chicago with that offensive line and you know not the same weapons
1: yeah i think uh, you can but, say right it wouldn't it maybe would look just yeah. like it looks in Seattle right now it doesn't look good right now for them
3: the bears were so focused on like, on trading for russell wilson and that was their focal point and their backup was andy dalton so like when they couldn't land russell wilson it was like well, crap, we got to sign somebody because what are we going to have Nick Foles? And they probably didn't know if they were going to be able to move up to get one of those five quarterbacks. There are so many teams that were, you know, in need of a quarterback at that point. It's still a miracle that Fields fell to 11. Still have no idea how that happened. So, I mean, when you kind of look at it, signing Andy Dalton made the most sense at the time, but it just looks like a complete mess at this point. Because when you look at Fields and Foles, I think heading into 2022, I think that's what you're going to see. It's going to be Fields, obviously, as a starter and then Foles as the backup, but like you said, the mismanagement of the quarterback position by Matt Nagy this year, I mean, you were talking about if it was Fields and Foles, obviously just naming Fields the starter and letting him take those first team reps. I'll even just say, give him an opportunity to win the starting 50-50. job because that's something yep. Matt Nagy yep. 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 never did. He was Andy Dalton. This is his job. I don't care what Justin Fields does, even though he was wowing people in practice every day, beating out Dalton on some Dalton on some days. So I, I really can't understand Matt Nagy's thought process, nope. which is exactly why he's on the way out.
1: No, no. I love the way you just put that. It's like, you know, I think the slogan coming into this season was anybody but Foles. Anybody but Foles. Yeah. Uh, we don't care who it is. It just can't be Nick Foles. And it's like, all right, but you wouldn't. The, Andy Dalton was the big solution. It, it's Andy Andy Dalton's not that much better than Nick Foles. And I, I just can't say that enough. And you're right. Yeah, if, if it was Nick Foles... Going into that draft, and then you get Justin Fields or one of the other rookies, right? And one of the other Mac Jones, you could have traded up for him too if Fields was gone earlier. So there's other you know opportunities, I guess, if you liked one of the other quarterbacks. Then you can have yeah, you could split it up between Foles and the rookie. And if the rookie's not ready to go, then let let Foles start a few games. But we all know what's coming, right? We don't have to do the song and dance like Andy Dalton's QB one. So yeah, just just what a mess. And uh, but uh, again, I just that was fun. That was fun. Nick Foles getting his opportunity and kind of saying, "Hey, remember me, bitches?" You know, it was uh, it was uh, it was so so good. All right, so we have some comments about the head coach, Matt Nagy. He can't win <laughs> even when the Bears win, and uh, some other stuff coming out of this game. And we'll cover all that in our questions of the week right after this.
4: This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make
2: this interesting. interesting. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for the Fantasy Football Championship Week number 17. Quarterback Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks versus Detroit Lions. Wide receivers DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are back in business, and tight end Gerald Everett has been on the upswing in recent weeks. Running back Rashad Penny has managed to resurrect his early career hype in a span of three games, and through all of that, Wilson still hasn't been a fantasy factor since returning from surgery. That should change versus a Detroit defense that has given up six performances of at least 21 fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. While the Lions may be improved against the pass, there's just too much to contain, and Rush should get back to cooking at home. He's good for 250, and two at minimum. Running back Devin Singletary, Buffalo Bills versus Atlanta Falcons. In the last three weeks, Singletary is RB5 overall in PPR scoring. I bet you didn't have that on your fantasy football bingo card for December. Atlanta has struggled to contain the position 2021, and Singletary's upswing has come at a perfect time to trust them as an RB2 in reception rewarding formats. Running backs have averaged 21 PPR points per game against this defense in the last five weeks, and the season-long look at that number is 25.6, or 11% higher than the league average. Amon-Ra St. Brown, Detroit Lions at Seattle Seahawks. In a year full of big-name rookie receivers, St. Brown's 74 receptions trails only Jalen Waddles' 96. Last Sunday, nine catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown came with Tim Boyle under center, showing he can deliver regardless of the quarterback. Jared Goff is due back this week after being activated from the COVID protocols. Seattle has permitted 15 receivers to catch at least five passes in 2021. In the last five weeks, only Cooper Cup has more catches, and just Cup and Justin Jefferson have more targets than this rookie. Even if Seattle manages to keep him out of The end zone, St. Brown has had enough volume go his way to suggest that he can overcome it. Tight end Foster Moreau, Las Vegas Raiders at Indianapolis Colts. Moreau once again will be the primary tight end if Darren Waller cannot play through a knee injury. Indy has given up top three numbers for yardage and receptions in the last five weeks, and Moreau has been trending in the right direction with 10 plus PPR points in consecutive games after being mostly quiet during Waller's absence. While trusting Moreau is risky, the Colts offer an amazing opportunity in PPR scoring. Best of luck in your championship quest. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com.
4: 4700 in Colorado.
1: All right, it's so our questions of the week, three questions for Alyssa, and she was not prepped on these, and here's number 1 for you Alyssa. What should be the Bears' top New Year's resolution heading into 2022?
3: Oh, okay. So, if you break this down, it could be a whole bunch of little things, so I'm just going to kind of group it as one big thing, but I'm going to say just re, you know, restructuring the front office and reworking everything and that starts with obviously firing Matt Nagy. I think that, you know, you should, they should also fire Ryan Pace or move him into a new role, Ted Phillips, get him away from football operations and, you know, bring in someone who knows what they're doing and let's bring in a head coach, someone that obviously is going to have a team's best interest at heart, but also someone that's going to be able to grow and develop Justin Fields. Because at this point, Justin Fields is the future. You trade it up to get him. You're putting all of your faith behind him, and you're going to be putting a whole bunch of resources behind him as well. So you need to find somebody who is as dedicated to develop it, developing him as the, as the organization is. So, I mean, at this point, it's about just doing better than the past. Like, I want to see you know, accountability. And accountability, it, it starts with, you know, making those changes, not just these reports coming out, oh, yeah, we know they're going to fire Nagy most likely, unless they keep him and then all hell is going to break loose. Um, which I don't see that happening, but it, you know, you never know what this. With the this only thing right.
1: that would be good for is our content here on the on the show and on there oh, as well. Yeah, that's, that's the only oh, thing that absolutely. would be good for. Absolutely, <laughs> you would get a that...
3: daily Matt Nagy just terrible <laughs> article probably for me.
1: Other than that, it's it's it'd be a complete. Uh, yeah, it would just be a complete hailstorm. It'd be terrible.
3: So I mean, like that's obviously the first, and that's probably going to happen. I think pace could be how, even though you know, there's you know, Emery and It's like oh, I haven't heard his job's in jeopardy, but. You know, we'll see because they're going to evaluate them. And, you know, we were told or the belief was that, you know, Pace and Maggie were that package deal at least at one point. So we'll see if that's true. Um, But even if they do decide to ride with him, you know, maybe they do, you know, put Ted Phillips in a different role, a financial one where he can oversee the, you know, the construction of the new Arlington Heights Stadium, whenever that's put into motion. So, I mean, I just want to see some changes. I don't want to just continuously, I don't want to hear about it and hear them promise things are going to get better, show me what you're going to do to help them get better.
1: Yeah. And there's an article on Bears Wire that I'm going to plug here. It's titled everything to know about Mad Nagy's impending firing, coaching search, and potential changes within the Bears front office. It's a really comprehensive deep dive that Alyssa did. She put it up on Bears Wire on uh Tuesday. Go check that out. It's really good stuff. And I knew you were going to go that way, Alyssa, just because I've, I've been talking to you every week and I just know, I know where you're going to go. So I, I, answered this question a little bit different, knowing that, you know, maybe a different perspective. And I just said, let's fix the offense, right? Bears are fifth worst in total offense and points per game, dead last and passing yards per game. Play calling's been a disaster no matter who's doing it. Key players like Alan Robinson just completely disappear. So uh you, you know, all we have going into twenty twenty two on offense is a decent running game and some potential at the quarterback position, right? And other than that we got to fix everything. So th- that's another way we could go, you know, for, for 2022, got to fix the offense, got to find a way to score more points. Uh, but yeah, I, I, and I agree also overhaul everyone in the, uh, in the front office as well. <laughs> I'm with you hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. All right. Question number two, uh, I'm proud of this one and it, and it ties into our next opponent, but I wanted to get your take on it. Ooh. Which franchise is in the worst spot entering 2022, right? So which, which franchise is in more disarray right now, Alyssa, The Bears, who are about to, you know, like you said, fire their head coach, probably the GM too. Or the Giants, who are likely keeping Joe Judge as their head coach. And they're probably going to end up promoting Kevin Abrams as their GM. So nothing's really going to change. I I think Dan Benton at the Giants Wire, he calls it a half rebuild. You know, the Giants, they're obsessed with these half rebuilds where they don't really make a lot of changes. They kind of do it halfway and nothing ever changes. So which franchise is in the worst spot, Bears or Giants right now?
3: I mean I'm kind of going off what we're hearing could happen with the Bears and I think for the first you know for the first time there the Bears organization the people in the front office like they're embarrassed about the product that's been on the field that they're a laughing stock so I think that we will see changes so I'd probably have to lean you know slightly in favor of the Giants being in a worse position and I know that they they have two first round draft picks one of those are going to be the Bears you know, the Giants probably gonna have a top five pick. The Bears are going to have a top 10 pick. So, you know, there you go. You know, but then I also kind of look at the Bears. They have the quarterback, right? When you kind of look at who would you want to build your team around, Justin Fields or Daniel Jones or quarterback to be named in the future. But I'm pretty sure they're going to be they're sticking with Daniel Jones next year. I believe they already said so. Yep. I mean, I think the quarterback, like you got You're going to build around him. And I think that that's reason enough to kind of have a little bit more faith or optimism if, if we can even say those words with these two teams at this point uh, so I'd probably slightly lean in the Giant Giants favor I mean we'll see because the Bears I feel like change is coming like it's not just we're mentioning it. it's not like people spec you know suggesting it it's something that's been reported you know, on several occasions and you know they almost fired Matt Nagy in the middle of the season and you know they're trying to save face they know they need to fix things because they look like a joke, and they don't like looking a fool, right? This organization, even though they do it on a yearly basis. So I mean, I think that there're gonna be world changes coming, which you can't say for the giants. I mean, I think that they I think that they'll still part with the gentleman, you know, like you said, but you know, when you're promoting you know, abrams from within, you know, really, what change are you actually getting? So, I mean, we'll see, but I'd have to slightly lean uh, in favor of the giants being worse off at this point,
1: yeah. and and one thing I would accept if you want to argue that it is the bears that are worse off is that, they are about to hit the reset button, and they won't have a first-round draft pick this year, right? And the yeah. Giants could have two first-rounders in the top ten, which we'll talk about here coming up. Uh, and now, as you've said in the past, Alyssa, they'll probably screw that up, right? The Giants. They'll, they'll find a way to screw that up. Uh, but, you know, if you want to tell me the Bears are in a little bit of a worse spot right now because they're not picking in the first round, and they have to make all these changes, and they got the young quarterback and all that, okay, I could buy that. But I have to agree. I think it is the Giants, and what a matchup this weekend. Bears-Giants, two teams that are literally on fire right now. The, these two franchises are just burning. Uh, and it's just... I'm yeah, what an absolute <laughs> juicy matchup that we're going to get into here coming up. But first, question number three. Uh, the Bears mysteriously started Jermaine Effetti over Larry Borum. So I wanted to get your take on that, Alyssa. And I know you were also very disappointed, along with lots of Bears fans, when they left Thomas Graham in a reserve role to start in Seattle. So which of those two moves, these two guys not starting, Larry Borum... Thomas Graham, which of those bothered you more?
3: Oh, man. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, see, I'm really cooking them up for both, you, throwing,
1: throwing fastballs at They both at you.
3: bothered me <laughs> immensely, but if I had yes, to I pick know. one, it would probably be Larry Borum not getting the start over Fetty just because when you look at Jermaine Fetty, he's just, he ain't it, as I tweeted. Uh, he, he is not the answer. He wasn't the answer. I know Matt Nagy probably only started him so he could get his revenge game against the Seahawks, which is utter <laughs> crap because it's yeah. not helping your quarterback out. When I said he's given up, like, what? letting guys run right through Did him. Did he want to like, give Nick Foles the best
1: authentic. protection he could? I I, that's that's a question for, you know. That's Maybe a question he for wanted another... to
3: throw Nick Foles under the bus. <laughs> Maybe. You know?
1: He wanted Nick Foles to fail. <laughs> he's like, here, Nick, you take the ball the two-point conversion. You screw this up for me. And then he throws a touchdown. And he's like, oh, man, we won. You got to be kidding me, Nick Foles.
3: It was it was really frustrating. And, like, I know we heard about it earlier in the week when, you know, I think, I, I think we all assumed that when Boreham came off the COVID list that, you know, he would be plugged right back in the right tackle where he was doing a great job uh, as a rookie, as, you know, he's a fifth round rookie. I mean, when you looked at Kevin Jenkins and him, I was really looking forward to seeing them both on the field at the same time in this game, not just Kevin coming in relief of Jason Peters a couple weeks ago. And then you decide to roll with Jermaine Huffetti, who will not be on the team next year, who is not the future. Instead of choosing to give your fifth, you know, your rookie tackle valuable reps. And as you hope that he's going to be one of your tackles be it the left or right, of the future. And that's another thing that just points to the fact that Matt Nagy knows he's gone, because if you're a head coach, it's going to be sticking around next year. Then you prioritize getting those younger players reps and developing them. He's just worried about winning games. So, you know, to save whatever pride that he has left, which I don't think is much. Um, And then, I mean, Larry Dorn did get to play because Kevin Jenkins went down with a shoulder injury, you know, which you hate to see that for him. Uh, And you really hope that this isn't, you know, you know, suggesting that he could, you know, be dealing with injuries throughout his career because what we've seen from – what we saw from Jenkins, at least in that one game, was very promising. And, yeah, I think that one irks me more. But I will say the fact, like, Thomas Graham, I'm just I'm so upset that it took him so long to, you know, obviously get the playing time. I didn't expect him to, to start or play week one or, you know, week seven, eight, nine, whatever. But it, he was in the practice squad where anyone could have signed him, Right for yep. 14 weeks yep. and it took the whole starting secondary getting covid to actually get a good look at him and believe it or not thomas graham is tied for second with the bears
1: with, with uh four
3: pass breakups in two games
1: <laughs> that's a great stat
3: and you want to know what yeah jalen johnson leads with nine and he's tied with Kendall bildor who has played like 13 games and he only has four like i mean that's stat. just
1: it's a great stat
3: I mean, I know, I know that Graham got burned by DK Metcalf, but what are you doing, leaving him all alone? You're going to make him cover DK on your on his own? Are you kidding me? That's just a recipe for disaster for both quarterbacks. That maybe Jalen Johnson gets burned on that, right? You don't know. So, I mean, like that's like the one player. You know, people are like, "Oh, people talking about Thomas Graham." I'm like, okay, it, it's one thing, and it's DK Metcalf. So, give, cut him a break. And then he bounced back from that, made some great tackles, the pass breakup. So. I mean that I mean I'm more upset about the obviously just Fetti's been irking me over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Did you see him Ryan when David Montgomery scored a touchdown and was doing the snow angel? He's yanking him up and not letting him finish it yeah, just like gonna, when he was he, he yelling keeps at Yeah,
1: that? Yeah, what's up with that? He, I'm he's like so he, upset. <laughs> it's like the he's like the no fun police. Jermaine Vetti right? what's wrong with you. Come on.
3: I don't know. Fetti's getting on my nerves. I'm hoping if I don't know I don't think Jenkins is going to be able to go this week, but if he does I would love to have seen Jay. Obviously, I hope that it's Jenkins and Borum. I don't want to look at Jermaine Fetty. I think we have, like with Matt Nagy. We have two more games of him, and then we can say bye bye.
1: Yeah, Jermaine Fetty. That's a new way to trigger Alyssa. So I'm going to put that in my notes for yep. future episodes. <laughs> um, okay, cool. That wraps up our questions of the week. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the draft pick bowl between the Bears and the Giants, and I'll tell you why we're calling it
4: that right after this. This is the typical sportsbook minute. Let's make this interesting.
2: What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.usatoday.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Monday Night Football game between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Browns favored 3.5 points and the total sitting at 40.5. My pick is the Steelers plus 3.5 points. It's a pros versus Joes game with more money coming in on the Steelers but more bets being placed on the Browns. Also, since 2011, the Steelers are 7-1-1 against the spread when getting 3 points or more at home. Nate, how do you see this game playing out? I'll take the Steelers plus 3.5 as well. Baker Mayfield is thrown eight picks in his last five games and has just one game with over a 60 completion rate i'll ride with the better quarterback in his last home game
4: that was your typical sportsbook minute for a limited time new users in colorado and new jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast that's usatodaybet.com slash podcast See for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. one 522 4700 in Colorado.
1: All right, it's the Draft Pick Bowl. Bears, Giants, and the reason it's the Draft Pick Bowl, Alyssa, obviously, is because as Bears fans, we want the Giants to have the worst pick possible when it comes to that pick that formerly was the Bears first rounder in 2022, right? That pick that went to the Giants for Justin Fields. We want the Giants to have the worst pick possible. It's been top 10 all year long. It was up around five and six uh, for a while, but Nick Foles actually broke a lot of Giants fans' hearts by throwing that dagger at the end of the game uh, to beat Seattle because that made the Bears' first round pick that now belongs to the Giants go all the way to number eight. So I think when we talk about this game, Giants-Bears – as as Bears fans, we're rooting to win because there's no reason not to win this ball game. We want to stick it to the Giants. We want the Giants to have the worst traffic possible, right?
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, especially I mean, I've been ever since the Bears, you know, traded that pick, and you know, it was obvious that they weren't going to do anything this year. Giants fans have just been laughing at us yes. and having fun, definitely, and like even even celebrating Khalil Mack landing on IR. And I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me? So I'm like, I'm super excited that this happens. and I'm like. And I root for the Giants because that's my mom's team. So that would be my second team, unless, unless they're playing, or this year because they've been harping on the Bears. So, like, I mean, I, I liked it. You know, obviously, it, it would help the Bears, obviously, if they had a lower pick because of that second-round pick is higher. But I don't care at this point because, you know, the Bears got Justin Fields, and there is no quarterback in the draft that is worth a top-ten pick at this point. And you know the Giants are going to reach for one. Uh, most likely, I would say. Yep. Uh, so, probably. I mean, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change anything. I would like to beat them. Make our pick a little higher. I think it could probably the highest it could go next week would be number nine. I don't know if it could reach ten. Maybe if you know a whole bunch of things have to happen. Um, but hey, give them give them the highest pick possible, or I guess lowest in this case, lowest pick possible. And beat the Giants. I mean, hey, let's send Matt Nagy out a winner. I don't think even winning out is not going to be enough to save his job. And, you know, let's break some Giants fans' hearts in the process.
1: So you said you said your mom's a Giants fan? Yes. Okay, well, send her my sympathies. I mean, that is, that's tough, <laughs> being a Giants fan. I mean, they had to start Jake Fromm last week. So the Giants yeah. started Jake Fromm last week over Mike Lennon. Only to bring Mike Lennon back in because Fromm was so bad, Alyssa. So, this is where the Giants are. And we know all about Mike Lennon, right? Over here in Chicago. And
3: he threw a pick, didn't he, when he came in? He oh, he's a, been, like he's
1: been so bad. Mike Lennon's been so, so bad. <laughs> he's been so bad this year. And Daniel Jones Preacher is out the for the choir. year. Yeah, Daniel Jones is out for the year. And it's just, it's so bad over there. The Bears are five and a half point favorites over this this Giants team, which, you know, they, they can't wait to get to the offseason, I don't think. And, uh, you know, the Giants. They are pretty good on defense, so this could be one of those ugly, low-scoring affairs. And I don't. Do we know who's playing a quarterback? By the way, for the Bears, are we still not sure? Is it Justin Fields? Is he going to be back?
3: Yeah, we're still not sure. I mean, Fields is day to day, and they're not going to practice. We're, we are recording this on Tuesday, so they're not going to practice till Wednesday, and then we might get a better idea. But if it's not Fields, Ryan, guess what?
1: Nick Foles. It'd be Nick Foles again. Let's go. So I, <laughs> I love the Bears' chances if it's Nick Foles because you got the attitude, you got the ass. Nick, you start Nick can you Foles.
3: imagine Nick Foles versus Mike Glenn? And Who the hell wants to
1: watch that game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're here for it because it's the draft pick bowl. We're rooting for the Giants to get a worse pick.
3: Or the toilet bowl. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's <laughs> other names for this bowl for sure. The dumpster fire bowl. There's all kinds of names that we could go here. So, so like I was saying, the Giants are pretty good on defense. Their offense is so bad. It's so bad. They can't score. They they just can't. Uh, and, and, you know, they are tied with the Jets right now and the Texans at 4-11. So I think the Giants would pick uh, fifth. Their own pick is fifth or sixth. And they could slide into the number three spot in next year's draft with some strategic losing here down the stretch. And, and Joe Judge famously did say last year how his Giants would never tank as long as he's the head coach. But they signed Jake Fromm off a of practice squad, somebody else's practice squad, the Bills, and then they started him against Philly. So, I mean, if that's not tanking, I don't know what is. You had Mike Lennon was healthy. He just sucks but he's healthy, and they started Jake Fromm over him. only to I think Fromm passed for like 25 yards in the first half, Alyssa. They had to go back to Mike Lennon. So, I I mean, I don't really know how to uh, cover this game. I really don't know. I don't know how you predict what's going to happen. It's so kind of ugly, but if I had to pick against the spread, Bears 5.5, yeah, I I think I would take the Bears to cover this and win by a touchdown (laughs) just because the Giants are in such disarray and their quarterback situation is so bad. And, yes, even if the Bears are starting their third stringer, Better quarterback, by far, than what the Giants have going on. So, I'm taking the Bears at five and a half. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I was going to say, can you believe that there is a franchise that has handled the quarterback position worse than the Bears when you kind there of is look one. at everything There's at least one. that's yes. happened this yes, year? And we're playing them, so that's good.
1: <laughs> Jake Fromm. I yeah, cannot can believe Jake Fromm started for them last week. I really can't.
3: I can't. But you want to know what, I, I mean, I don't think he's not going to start. It's going to be Glennon, but both right. quarterbacks presented interesting storylines. Obviously, Mike Glennon, the $18 million man here in Chicago. <laughs> God, all you had to do is play four games and he made $18 million. It's not uh, bad at all. Yeah. Um, and then you dark, have... Dark, times uh, for the uh, franchise. Right. And then Jake Fromm, who was uh, was at Georgia when Justin Fields transferred out because uh, they chose uh, Fromm of the Fields and that's why he Fields ended up in Ohio State. So, Great pick. I mean, that would be a, another interesting storyline. So, I mean, I'm good either way. But, you know, to, you know looking at the spread, I would say yeah, five and a half. I think this is a game where, like you said, it's probably going to be on the lower scoring side of things, which has been the case over the last two years because I believe this is their let's see, 18, 19, 20. This is the fourth straight year they're playing each other and i believe they play again next year so that would be the five straight years that they're playing Is it because other. they both so much last like their all the time.
1: yeah they just finished like <laughs> yeah, they finished in the, the part same of the spot reason, yes. wow
3: yeah <laughs> so i mean there's a lot to look at but let's, the, i think it's gonna be a low scoring game I, i'll take the bears on the five and a half easily i think they'll win by i mean at least seven but i'd probably kind of lean more towards 10 if possible you know get cairo Santos some some extra work there <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, uh, it's it's nice though going into a game when you have more confidence that your te- that your team is better than the other one because that has only happened on two other occasions and both of those games were the Lions. So, yeah,
1: yeah. this is a legitimate <laughs> spread. The Bears are five and a half point favorites, and we don't really know who's playing quarterback yet. But the Bears are legitimately better than the Giants. This is where we're at right now. And, uh, yeah, and, and you mentioned it'd be a low scoring game. The total's at 38.5. I, I would probably take the under, even at this super low number, because, the, like I said, the Giants can't score. Uh, the only team that scores less points than the Giants is the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, if, if that's what you need to know. So, uh, yeah, I would take the Bears to cover. That would probably be my favorite bet. Bears, five and a half to cover that. But, uh, you know, if you want to, if you want to mess with the total, i probably lean under 38.5. I, I think it'll be, uh, a very ugly, low-scoring game, Alyssa. But at the end of the day, the Giants. I think they're ready to uh, go play golf. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't think they're ready to play some football. And the Bears, they have no reason not to not to play this one to win. They, there's no tank. There's no. There's nothing that they get out of losing. You know, there's no benefit. They just are going out there. They're playing out the string. They're trying to win. They've been competing pretty hard on defense. So uh, you know, I, I got to give them. I got to give them the nod. I think the Giants are. They are just fine losing this ball game. I think the Bears, they don't care. They're going to want to win in their last home game of the year, right? So I love the Bears in this matchup. Let's go.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, let the, you know, let the Bears win their last home game. Give these fans something to hear about because, my God, they deserve it. Mm-hmm. After everything they've had to put up with this year, give them one game, one win against a Giants team that's so much worse than them, which is shocking to even say those words. And especially because this could be the last chance these last two games to see you know, guys that aren't going to be Bears next year, uh, like Akeem Hicks, assuming he comes back from the COVID list, and Allen Robinson, yeah. who could play. I know he's saying he was he lost 10 pounds after dealing with COVID the last couple of weeks, and he's still trying to get back to shape. So I don't know if he'll even play in this game, but you hope that at least in the final week, like you want to see some guys that aren't going to be here next year. You know, Jimmy Graham, how recently you know he came up big with that touchdown last week. You know, he just give the home fans something to cheer about because they put a lot of money and a lot of effort a lot of just it's a lot of a, a lot of emotion just kind of drained out of them on a weekly basis. So I mean this game could be pretty ugly. The the Bears Seahawks game was pretty boring for the most part and I feel like this is going to be pretty similar until the end, but I think this might just be boring the whole way through.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be one of those games. It's going to be a low-scoring rock fight kind of game, but it should be a nice home crowd for the Bears. I don't think there's any Giants fans traveling to Chicago at this time yeah. of year to see this team. It's just, just not. There's it's going to be all Bears fans in that stadium and it should be Plus. A, yeah, it should be a pretty And you plus, know Plus
3: Robert Robert Quinn can set the sack record too this is. week. There He's it is. There it is. One away.
1: And he will. At he will. home. Trust me. Let
3: him do it.
1: He's going to sack Mike Glennon <laughs> for the record. So, you hear to hear. Probably four times. <laughs> so, yeah, last home game of the year, looking forward to what will be a crazy Bears offseason. but first the Bears have the Giants. Looking forward to that. We'll be back next week to break it all down. Alyssa, you want to say bye to the listeners?
3: Bear down. <laughs>